The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I'm thankful for the message that um, we heard this morning. Brother Matt brought out a number of points that um, I'd never considered before. And um, I, he gave me some things to think about and some things to go back and um, look at and uh, study uh, for my own better understanding. I'm very thankful for that. And um, also, apart from the analytical side of it, doesn't it just feel good to receive an assurance of your hope of eternal life? It sort of makes it worthwhile, doesn't it? Aren't you glad you were here this morning? This weekend, we tried to um, speak to you concerning uh, the Bible doctrine of adoption, and we uh, tried to show you how um, in the various places in Scripture, in the Roman letter and in uh, the book of uh, Galatians, and then also over in the Ephesian letter, that um, Paul in his writing um, connects the various doctrines of grace um, to this sort of umbrella concept um, of adoption. And of course, um, the concept of adoption um, is um, uh, uh, a taking from one family um, and placing in another family and giving the person that's been taken from the family and placed in the other family the identity of the new family. And, of course, by nature, we're of the family of Adam. But by the grace of God, we're of the family of God. We are the children of God. And so we've, um, having been born of the Spirit, the Apostle Paul um, tells us that we have, um, in being born of the Spirit of God, and um, uh, being made heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus, that he has um, placed in us the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, which is to say that we have a sense of our relationship with God as his child. That's what he's saying there. Um, I want to bring our thoughts concerning adoption to a conclusion this morning, and um, hopefully... Now, I'm, I'm going to try to make this simple and brief because it's a, it's, it's a complex subject. And something that I've learned through the years is the best preachers are preachers that can take something that's complex and make it simple and not lose the significance of it right. in the process. I struggle with that all the time. So in the 8th chapter of Romans, the Apostle Paul tells us that we're waiting for the adoption to wit, which means that is to say, we're waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our bodies. And then he says something very, uh, very um, interesting in his next statement. He says, for we are saved by hope. Now, for is a conjunction. That means he's tying um, this thought to the thought that he's just presented, that we're waiting for the uh, redemption of our bodies. And, and he says, in waiting for the redemption of our bodies, um, there is a salvation um, that has its basis in hope. Amen. Right. It has its basis in hope. That's a time salvation. We're not going to hope in eternity. Right. Yeah, There's right. not going to be any hope um, in eternity. Everything's going to be reality in Amen. eternity. Amen. So we're not going to have any expectations. If everything is um, now present, which is the circumstance of eternity. There is no past, present, or future. There's just presence um, in eternity. 
Well, if there's only presence in eternity, then we can't hope in eternity That's because right. there's no future. Right. <laughs> You're always in the present. Do you yeah, see that? Yeah. Amen. <clears throat> so um, there's not anything. And also, um, uh, hope uh, carries a, a connotation of incompletion. Yeah. And in this case, the incompletion um, is the uh, process of adoption will not be complete until our bodies are redeemed when right. we're raised from the dead. So we live with an expectation of that, um, and that expectation um, is desirable. It's something that we want. So <clears throat> Paul here is characterizing that expectation as hope. Right. As hope. And he says it has a delivering quality. Amen. <clears throat> the, certainly the resurrection of our, our bodies is a deliverance. But he says the expectation of the deliverance of our bodies um, is um, is itself a deliverance. Amen. Yeah. That we're saved um, by the expectation of being saved. Right. You see that that's what he's saying there. That we're saved by the expectation of being saved. Yeah. Amen. Well, how how does that work? How does that work? Well, the way it works is it makes us uh, uh, better tolerate not yet being saved. Amen. Yeah. In, in other words, when, when um, I was in Vietnam and, and um, uh, they did a lot of dumb things in the Vietnam War. And one of them was that you knew the day that you arrived in Vietnam, the day that you would go home from Vietnam. <clears throat> now, from the standpoint of the GI that was over there, um, that's a pretty good deal because you know... You know, I only have to survive 365 days and then it's over and I'm home free. Mm. <clears throat> so um, you spend every day in expectation of the day that you're going home and you know precisely when that is that you're going home. <clears throat> but in this case, we don't know precisely when the Lord is coming yeah, again. We don't know precisely when the Lord's... Incidentally, the reason that that's a dumb thing is that you spend all of your time um, doing things to get through this day uh, so that I can get to the next day, to the next day, and you really don't have any concept of the... And that was one of the problems with Vietnam. There was no concept of what was trying to be accomplished there because all everyone was trying to accomplish was to get their 365 days in so they could go home. <clears throat> but... War is an insane endeavor anyway, right. so Amen. it only makes sense that um, uh, principles of insanity would be um, in place. <laughs> so how are we saved by hope? And we've defined the hope in the context of the redemption of our bodies. That's what that conjunction four does, is that the anticipation of the resurrection of our bodies um, has a positive delivering effect when? <clears throat> in the now, up to the time our bodies are delivered, if the Lord comes back while we're yet alive. So <clears throat> it is a time salvation that he's talking about there. You can't make an eternal application of that at all. You have to defy the meanings of the simple words that Paul uses to make an eternal application of save there. Right. Well, 
If you'll turn with me over to the 14th chapter of the book of John, I believe that uh, here, and we could go over in some of the doctrinal explanations that the Apostle Paul gives us concerning um, our time salvation, um, but I really want to get to the heart of the issue. And, and uh, Jesus goes to the heart of the issue um, where the redemption of our bodies are concerned, but he does it in a way um, where the, the focus is on his departure. Yeah, yeah. That he's about to leave, and um, his disciples are beside themselves with the thought. Brother Matt uh, mentioned um, uh, Peter's reaction when Jesus began to speak plainly um, about his departure and the things that um, he would suffer. And if you go into the uh, concluding verses of the 13th chapter, you'll find that uh, Jesus is having a conversation with Peter over Peter's um, rejection of the notion that Jesus is going to depart. And Jesus finally tells him, he says, Peter, before the cock crows, you'll deny me three times. In other words, he's saying, Peter, um, your idea of this and your concern about my leaving um, is not going to be so great that you would actually participate in what I'm going to have to experience. You're going to avoid it. You're going to will willfully avoid it. Now, if I walked up to you and we were having a conversation about, um, about the Lord, um, and I said to you, uh, you understand, of course, that before you uh, get up tomorrow morning, um, you're going to deny the Lord utterly three times. <clears throat> you know, that would probably be disturbing, particularly if you knew in your heart that that was probably going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if you had self-doubts about yourself the way Peter did, that would be very disturbing, wouldn't it? Yeah. If you knew before tomorrow morning, I'm going to willfully, dramatically, utterly reject God. Mm -hmm. Listen to how Jesus responds as he continues. Um, now he has just, well, let's, let's just read it. In the 13th chapter, it says, Jesus saith unto him, Wilt thou lay down thy life um, for my sake? Verily I say unto thee, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. That's the last verse of the 13th chapter. And then this is what he says next. Let not your heart be troubled. Can you imagine the compassion of the Savior? Now he's speaking to all of his apostles or this applies to all of his apostles, it applies to all of God's children. But Peter is standing there and he's having a conversation with the Lord, and the Lord says, you're going to utterly uh, uh, reject me and forsake me before daybreak. Let not your heart be troubled. You know what that is? That's preemptive forgiveness. That's an example of preemptive forgiveness. Oh, that we all would engage in preemptive forgiveness. And that we would go through this life resolving that we're going to forgive whoever offends us, no matter what the offense. Amen, brother. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Now that last statement, Paul, <clears throat> Jesus is, uh, is characterizing the work that he's going to accomplish. And he says, what I'm going to accomplish at Calvary um, is to establish your residence with the Father in eternity. And, you know, I love the fact that he said many mansions. Do you understand that um, uh, the reason many mansions are neat, uh, that he uses the, the, the metaphor of many mansions there is because there's going to be many people. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Okay. In other words, this is not some exclusive country club salvation Amen. where you have to be a, a member of this particular church and baptized uh, in this way and say these magic words, um, and then you'll have uh, one of the four or five mansions in heaven that are going to be occupied. Says there's many mansions. There's many mansions. And the reason there's many mansions is because there's going to be many people. Many people. And I, I, I love the way the Lord does this, uh, the way the Savior does this. Do you see? He kind of throws something in there that just causes them to stumble. He, you know, he says, he says, uh, in my Father's house are many mansions. Oh, there's room for all of us. I go to prepare a place for you. Oh, I'm going to get to go. That where I am, there you are, will also be. I'm going to be there with the Lord. And he says, and you know how I'm going to do it. <laughs> And they said, what? <laughs> I know where you're going, and I know how you're going to do it. No, I don't. I don't get this yet. Well, he didn't do that just for these um, 12 men that were there with him. He did it for us because we struggle with that. That's what Brother Matt was preaching about. All of this notion about what you have to do in order to be saved um, is based on ignorance of... Um, what Jesus accomplished and how he accomplished it. Amen. So they respond. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou um, goest, and how um, can we know the way? And Jesus said, and this is the text that I want this morning, and we're just going to, we're going to paint in broad strokes and just take a few, a few moments on this. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I am the way, the truth, and the light. And the life. Now, <clears throat> we tend to think about Christianity. Um, as a, a, a bunch of explanations about salvation and some stuff that we're supposed to. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.